What is up and welcome back to Zen Business, the show that studies health and mindfulness habits that ultra high performers use to reach the top of their industry and their craft. I'm your host, Jonathan Maxim, Managing Director at K&J Growth Hackers and founder of five digital companies. We've grown these companies to great levels and created an exciting and fulfilling life for our team members, but the truth is, it was much more challenging than we ever could have imagined. All right, now let's jump in. What is up and welcome back to Zen Business. I am so thrilled to be here today with Isabel Vita, the private tanning specialist to Kim Kardashian, Miley Cyrus, Cardi B, J-Lo, and many more big names, which I'm sure you'll probably recognize. And she has an amazing story, so I'm so honored to have her on the show today. So please give a warm welcome to Isabel Vita. Hi, everyone. So excited to have you on the show today. I think... uh, there's so many places we can go with this. And, you know, I definitely like to yes. keep it natural. And, uh, you know, I want you totally. to, to, to lead us along your story. Um, but I do have some, some questions that I've been pondering uh, since, you know, doing, doing my homework. So, you know, I do know yeah, that you've had quite the journey. And uh, I just like to, you know, hear about the process of, you know, starting with humble beginnings and ending up at the Met Gala tanning Kim K and the Super Bowl tanning J Lo. Like, what did what did that journey look like? Yeah. So obviously, you know, I, I get asked this a lot of all the time. How did you, you know, get in touch with so and so? How did you get to where you're at in your career? You know, the biggest thing for me is just my faith and the man upstairs. I mean, I didn't have, you know, the normal upbringings that, you know, a child deserves, et cetera. Um, My sister and I were both put in foster care at the age of seven. And we were later adopted at the age of 11. And we were at that home until we're 17. Unfortunately, you know, it wasn't the greatest experience for both my sister and I. And um, I've been living on my own since 17. And it started off just, you know, renting a room in a stranger's house for $300 a month. And I remember my paychecks were a little bit more than that, you know, while working at Jack in the Box. So I can truly say I started from the bottom and I have built what I call my baby empire now to be in such an amazing place in my life. I'm just beyond grateful, but I do think it's because of my experiences and just having to work extremely hard to figure, you know, where I want to be, who I want to be as a person and just being on your own at, you know, the age of 17 is really, really hard. So I really had to become an adult very quickly and hustle. And um, it wasn't until probably the age of 25, but I woke up one morning and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to start spray tanning. I love spray tanning. And from that point on, I invested a little money to get at the time what I thought was a good training. And um, I really didn't take too much from that training. And I really kind of had to learn the hard way through trial and error. And the first month I was able to double my return of investment from that class. And I am now you know, working with some of the most influential people in the world. And I truly am a big believer of everything that you, everything that you manifest can totally become your reality. Wow. That's one very inspirational, but two, there's, there's so many layers and dimensions to this that I want to unpack. But the most salient thing that comes to mind is, do you feel that some of the experiences growing up with 
you know, up against such odds, you know, no, no clear family structure in the, the orphanage or the foster home. Like, did some of those influence how you go about business and networking and, and you know, your personal interactions? And if so, like, what are they? Yeah, I definitely feel it, it, you know, every experience that I have had in my life has put me and has made me the person I am today. And I feel like a lot of that came from the struggles and not having anything to wanting to be able to not have to worry about groceries or dinner for the night. And so I think, you know, just being on my own at such a young age really instilled that kind of that want, that eager, that drive. I knew that I had to do it. I didn't have mom and dad to call or I didn't have, you know, X, Y, and Z. It was really just all dependent on me. And I always knew that I wanted something better for my life and that I and my sister deserved something better. But I knew that if I didn't go out and find it, it wasn't going to find me. And so being, again, just not having you know, hardly anything made me want to drive and hustle. And I didn't care what it was going to take, you know, whether it was working till three o'clock in the morning or whatever it was, I always figured out a way. And it's because of those experiences of feeling deprived at certain moments in my life from, you know, growing up to not having money for food and, you know, X, Y, and Z through, you know, some of those experiences that made me just not want to have to worry about money. And I just knew that I really had to work really, really hard to be able to get what I want, be where I'm at. And it was something that kind of just came natural to me. It, and, you know, a lot of times, again, going against those odds, you, you know, it's like you, everyone's like, you could have become a statistic and I really could have, but something just led me and, you know, to just being where I am today. And I think it was just the constant strive and hustle and staying focused. And, you know, that has made me so humble to this day and so beyond grateful for the life I have now, the family I have now. And you talked a little bit about my personal, you know, interactions with people. And I definitely feel 110% that has really, my experiences had, has made me a different person. And when I meet you for the first time, people always say there's this light, there's this energy that comes across from me. And I feel like my clients, the people in my life all have that and see that. And I think that is because I'm truly humbled and have been through so much of my life that for me, it's the smallest thing that I'm so grateful for. And to be, you know, at this plateau in my life, in this place in my life, there's nothing more than I could think of than, than to be grateful and to be humbled and to hopefully inspire others that might be in a really difficult place in their life, that they can truly do whatever it is they want to do with having nothing. You don't have to start with having everything in your life. There's just if you want something, manifest it. And I truly, truly believe that will become your reality. Absolutely. You know, one of the one of the, my main gripes with spiritual culture and uh, the woke movement, I, I love it all. I mean, I have a show called Zen Business. I love spirituality and weaving that into, you know, that presence and mindfulness into everything we do. But I have <laughs> a, a similar story where my motivation comes from a place of not having. And I think we're, mm-hmm. we're pumped a lot of messages these days around like, 
all come from a place of abundance and don't work off of negativity and it's all feel good and pretty. But the truth is, is like the more salient, the pain point, the more, the more it hurts and the harder times we've gone through, the, right. the, the crazier action that we take. And so like, I don't think I, if I was given, you know, all these feel good messages as a kid, but was born with a silver spoon that I would have achieved as much because I just, I didn't have that that burning desire from from the lack and there's this funny quote that goes uh breakups make bodybuilders and it's like it, it's kind of true yeah. you know we 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 really try when we we need to affirm our own value when we want to fill out our own personality and i don't think that's a bad thing i encourage people to to take that shadow and right and use that as the the piercing force that like really drives you forward because i mean we've seen what it's done for you and, and so many others. I mean, Tony Robbins, like he grew up, you know, with a drug addicted mother. It's not the right. people who have this uh, this given abundance in their background that, that really make waves. It's the ones who, who don't, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. I, I definitely can attest to that. And, and seeing, you know, I, I kind of think back and I, I remember I used to question, well, how did I get two sets of parents and both of them failed me? And I used to question that a lot, but yet now, now I'm at a place in my life and I'm like, without those experiences, I don't know if I would have been at the same place I am today and doing what I'm doing and being around the people I am and having the family I have. So I definitely attest to what you're saying. Yeah. And, and there's another thing I wanted to touch on earlier and ask you about, you know, you're dealing with ultra high caliber people every day. You know, you were just at Chris Jenner's house. You know, I'm sure it's a very personal thing to have somebody come into their house and they've got you know, of course. a huge base of fans and, you know, probably a handful of people who would want to do them harm. So it's like, they have to be right. very, very safe. And what I want to know is you develop such gratitude when you come from a background like yours and that, that right. gratitude creates humility. Um, do you think that humility is what helps you navigate this, you know, ultra high tier of people? Yeah, 100%. I, I feel like it definitely does. And I think that, you know, they're around just so many different people on a day-to-day basis. And I think just having someone who you know, comes in and wants to work hard and, you know, truly wants the best for them and makes them feel comfortable. And, you know, they're just like you and I. And um, I think that that's something that comes across with me is that we're all, you know, yes, they are high caliber and, you know, big influencers, et cetera. But again, they're just like you and I, and I always keep that in mind that, you know, it's just, we have different roles in our lives and this is their role and this is my role. And I think just that has really helped me just remain, you know, super humbled and, you know, I don't get starstruck and, um, and it's partially because I just know that they're, they're such amazing people. Everyone I work with, they treat me like family. They don't treat me, you know, like a worker or an independent contractor or whatever you want to call me. They truly open their homes and, you know, are such great people. And I truly feel like you attract in your life, the people that are supposed to be in your life. And they, everyone I work with are just so incredible and so nice. And I have never had a bad experience with anybody at that caliber. Yeah. It kind of sounds like a, you get what you give type of thing, you know, when you, yeah. when you come with, come with that clarity, that, that clear energy, I'm, you know, I don't have any ulterior motives. I'm not trying to get something out of you. 
then you get that back. And a lot of people stumble on that, you know, they need right. their role models and they try to be grabby and that, that comes off in their energy and then just turns, turns the, you know, the counterpart off. So I, you know, I exactly. definitely, you know, I definitely sense that from our first few interactions, you have no awkwardness to you whatsoever. That's such a, a nice luxury, you know, because it's like, you can, yeah. your energy is very authentic. And so people can just be themselves around you. You, you have vulnerability that allows them exactly. to, to put their guard down. Let's talk about the, where mindfulness and, and spirituality come into your day to day. Do you have daily practices like yoga, meditation, journaling, or any kind of unique sleep habits or, you know, biohacks? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously my job is, you know, so crazy at times it could be, you know, really quiet day. And then all of a sudden my night is full and I could be out, you know, tanning till two in the morning or, you know, it just can be super crazy. And so it's super important that self-care and, you know, not just, you know, feeling okay and eating the right foods, but like mentally being okay. And, you know, I'm human too. There's days I'm so exhausted and stressed and I go through that just like everybody else. But the biggest thing for me is one, I pray every single day and I'm constantly praying throughout the day, whether I'm driving to my client's house, whether I'm on my way home in the morning, when I get up, I say a prayer before I go to bed, I pray with my daughter. Prayer for me is a huge thing. I feel like I'm constantly in contact with my higher power. And for me, it's just a relief to know that I have someone else's favor that's watching over me and my family. And for me, again, prayer is so huge. And that for me is mental health and, uh, and obviously exercising. I try to exercise three to four times a week. That's not always possible, but I'm constantly, you know, moving around. So I try to, even if I'm like waiting in front of a client's house, I'll get out of the car and do some squats. You know, if I have an extra 30 minutes, stuff like that to keep myself so that my body and my mind feel right. Another thing that I try to do on a weekly basis is I do get massages and I don't just go for the 60 minute. I do two hours every week, if not two times a week, because I just feel like that's a Zen moment for me. Listening to calming music, having my muscles relaxed and even getting half the time I fall asleep because I'm just so relaxed. So I think for me, all those things together really help me stay focused and less stressed. But those are just some of my day-to-day I do to keep me, I would say, sane and, you know, keep my, uh, keep things on track with me. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. I think I really like prayer because although I, I do most of my mindfulness through meditation, prayer is a really good, even if you're not religious, I would recommend it because you're, you're making a request and you're setting an intention for something that you want. And naturally you're going to manifest that better. Uh, but for me, I sometimes I feel like it's not even a request. It's more like just talking about being grateful And thank you for this. And thank you for that. And I think for me, when you talk about something and you truly mean it, I try to limit my requests, obviously, to stay healthy and for my family, etc. But I'm also I try to be super sensitive and just be extremely grateful and constantly just talk about that during my prayers. Yeah, I definitely think that's a, a self-fulfilling prophecy beyond the, the divine component, which I, which I absolutely uh, do believe and support. 
So I want to shift gears a little bit here. So you you keep a good even keel by by moving by journaling through prayer and through praying and through you know self care like massages. Funny thing is, is I wrote down book a massage in my to do list right after you said that. Um, but I want to I want to shift a little bit to networking because you know being in Los Angeles like. If you're good at networking, you dominate here. If you uh, don't know how to network, you just end up sitting behind the computer and working 16 hours a day trying to keep up with everybody. So talk to me about how you navigate your, your networking and branching off from circle to circle and, and building new networks and building trust. Like, you know, How did you get to, to meeting, say, Kim Kardashian? And where do you go next with it? Yeah. So first off is one... Just be yourself. Um, I think that in LA, you have uh, such a variation of different personalities and, you know, people that want something so bad that, like you said, it can be, I would say, you know, there's a word thirsty that people say. I, from the beginning, I told myself, I want to be myself. I'm going to be myself. Like, I don't know how to not be myself. And I think for me, just staying super genuine has allowed me for people to meet me and be like, oh, wow, she's really dope. Like, she's really chill. And I think by when what you said earlier, me just being, you know, that light, that energy, being super vulnerable with them, et cetera, they immediately sense that. I mean, I think us humans, were everyone can sense energy and pick up energy. And I think for me, just being myself has really allowed me one, for people to trust me, two, for people to like me, and three, for people to feel comfortable with me. And I started simply by the way I built this, you know, I call the empire now is me reaching out to local influencers or makeup artists or hairstylists and offering them a free spray tan. And there was really nothing attached to that. I just thought that if I could get one referral from by doing a good deed, by going out of my way and working hard and giving them a spray tan that can be life-changing for a lot of these people, that hopefully they can refer me um, without even asking though, just doing that out of the goodness of my heart and not even asking them to refer me, just allowing it to become to come natural, I think has really helped me kind of navigate through where I'm at now in my life, because that's how I started. I started working with influencers and, you know, then I got some really nice pictures up and then they really liked me as a person and they felt super comfortable with me because spray tanning is such an intimate thing and obviously going to people's houses and they just, they started referring me to their friends. And then before you know it, I am a celebrity spray tan artist and, you know, and if one trusts you and you build that great reputation, it's just going to continue to grow. I've always, whenever I go into a client's house, I always stay super neutral. I don't talk about, you know, personal things. I don't ask personal things about their life. I keep it very general. How was your day? Are you looking forward to the weekend? And I think by me just not being super, you know, trying to figure out what's going on in their life has allowed them to feel super comfortable with me. Cause I didn't, I don't need to know everything about their life. I'm just there to do my job. And so I think that they have really sensed that and they feel super comfortable. And that has led me to where, you know, just working with some of the people I am today. Yeah. That kind of leads me into another question that I have, which is how do you bring value to somebody who seemingly has it all, you know, you're dealing with the the most affluent and successful people, you know, how do you create value for them? 
either perceptually or through your, you know, your sales demeanor or through your product? You know what? I think that, again, just being yourself and being super genuine and treating them like they're just like you and I, they don't want to, you know, they don't want you to treat them like they're at this caliber or that they're just, again, just like you and I, I think for me, that has been a big deal to always recognize that and not forget that. And, um, I think one, obviously being super genuine has led me, you know, to, I guess, more doors opening too, but also offering an amazing product and service. Dolce Glow is a baby of mine that I started um, about three years ago, three to four years ago. And um, it is one of the best spray tan solutions out on the market. Of course, I'm super biased, but you know, when you have, you know, so-and-so saying, oh my God, this is the best spray tan I've ever been tanned in, you know, that obviously brings value. (laughs) You know, if you have a product that they like and they like you as a person, it's like, hey, they just won the lotto. So my product has really, I think, led me to um, keeping a lot of these clients because of course you can have the best personality, but if you don't have the right, you know, key or the right products, it might not work for them. So I think for me developing Dolce Glow and really being super focused on what's in it and the ingredients and offering high quality product that is so new to the market and looks just so nice on the skin has really allowed for um, my growth as well. That's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs, they want to start businesses and they want to create a a premium product like a sunglasses or swim trunks or something like that. And they, they say, Oh, well, price is all perception. I can charge, you know, a premium price and people will pay because they'll respect the product more. But I think a lot of people forget about how important the product quality has to be. I mean, the brands that we see that are charging such a premium, they didn't just start doing that yesterday. You know, they've built up a lot of respect and, and, loyalty from their followers over time and and of course a product that's like highly superior you know that's part of why i love like indulging in a luxury product now and then because it's such a an experience to 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 see the craftsmanship and the expertise it just feels so good you know like a a nice timepiece or maybe a pair of leather shoes and you like pick it up for the first time it's like damn like i won the lotto just like you said you know it's like that really like fun feeling um, like, right. you know, when you got featured in Forbes, it's like, that's so exciting. It's like that. Yeah. And if, if, if your product doesn't have that, like the oomph isn't going to be there and, and you're going to have a really rough go. So I think, you know, whatever you've done behind the scenes in terms of product development is working. Don't want to admit it, but I've definitely done spray tanning before. And the guy is a little awkward, but anyway, <laughs> um, it does make a big difference. You know, like you don't want to look like Donald Trump and be all orange. And you don't want it to be like splotchy right. or to exactly. peel off or whatever. So I think that the product right. quality is, right. is actually incredibly important in your world. It's so important. And it really, you know, has to be something that is different to them. And I remember 
you know, I, one of my clients, I, one of my very high profile clients, she goes, Oh my gosh, this is the best free tan solution I've ever been tanned in. And, you know, when a celebrity is either tanning or doing makeup, you know, using a certain product or whatever it is, and they like it, they are the biggest influential people in the world. So if they like a product, chances are, it's going to do really, really well out in the market because people want what they have or what they're dressed in or what they're, you know, how they wear their makeup. So I think for me, that's also been a huge part of my growth is being able to work with some of these people, but at the same time, being able to offer such an amazing product that it is, you know, talked about and being used now across the world. So what's, what's it like actually creating the solution, like the, the manufacturing process, like can you walk me through that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's good. yeah it's not the easiest at all. It definitely takes a really long time to find the right lab and manufacturers and a trustworthy place. And I have, you know, prior to having my lab that does it now, it was trial and error and it just, I could not find what I wanted. And finally, I, you know, just came across Googling different labs, et cetera. And they sent me the first sample and the first sample they sent, it was it. And now we have expanded and we, you know, have three different, you know, professional solutions that can be mixed and you can make a hundred different formulas out of. And it's not an easy process, but once it's done, it's so worth it. And, um, you know, now Dolce Glow, we're continuing, we're trying or we're expanding um, and there'll be some more exciting stuff towards the end of the year that we're really, really looking forward to that hopefully will be more of a direct-to-consumer product. So we're super excited about that and we're confident that we're going to be able to nail this one too. Absolutely. And for those listening, definitely go check out Isabel on Instagram. Isabel, it's at Isabel Alyssa? Yes, correct. Yeah, I'll leave that in the show notes as well. But then you guys can keep up with the the new product release because I'm sure a lot of people here are going to want to try that out for themselves. And, you know, I think... uh, like you said, if, if these big names, I mean, they've probably tried thousands and thousands of you know, cosmetic products and to say this is the best that they've, they've tried, I mean, it's definitely going to be hard hitting and definitely want to help you with your marketing on that too in any way that I can. Okay, cool. So one, I want to backtrack a little bit. So one of my favorite questions to ask in, the, in an interview is, what's your favorite mistake? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I think my favorite mistake, it's one of those, I guess it happens to all of us where you're like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed or, oh my God, I don't know how this happened. And you kind of have that moment where you just like want to hide under the sheets because you're like, oh my gosh, like you just are so embarrassed, right? With whether it's for me spray tanning or you don't know why, you know, how it went wrong, et cetera. And then after you kind of, wake up from that and you're like, wait, I can learn something from this or, oh my gosh, no wonder this happened. It's like that aha moment after the mistake. That's like the best thing for me. It's really hard for me when a mistake happens where I don't find that moment because then I'm going to dwell on it. So as soon as I have that like moment and I think just learning from that mistake and seeing how I can correct it because we're human, we're going to make mistakes. It's all about how we react and you know how we're going to change whatever it is going forward so i hope that answered your question pretty well it did can i ask you to tell me about a time where something like that happened i mean you don't have to expose anything that's 
super personal, yeah. just like where you maybe made a spray tanning mistake. Yeah, it's it happens on one of my biggest clients. I no one in my spray tanning class that I thought was the best at the time. Remember, I had a lot of growing to do after that and learning a lot of different techniques, et cetera, and really just changed the whole process that I thought was the best at the time. I had never been informed that I can't spray tan someone who's been sunburned. And so I went to one of my clients' house and she was sunburned, red as ever. And um, I spray tanned her. The next morning, she had a huge photo shoot and I was getting texts and calls saying, oh my gosh, she's peeling. This is the worst thing ever. Her photo shoot, she has pounds of body makeup on. I can't explain to you the like it was the worst thing of my career I think seeing the pictures and how embarrassed and I was like oh my god this person is never gonna book me again and it turns out you're not supposed to spray tan anyone who's been sunburned um what happens is the skin so the skin is already dehydrated and burned from the sun so when you um spray DHA, which is a sugar-based ingredient in the spray tan solution that causes a browning effect to work with the amino acids on your skin to actually develop, that will actually dehydrate the skin even more. So that's why the client started peeling the next morning. Um, And it was literally like black layers, brown layers just coming off, like shedding. It was the (laughs) worst thing ever. And truly, like exactly how you're like, oh my God, I was like, oh my God, I didn't want to look at my phone. I wanted to cry. I was like this person. So, and I'm like apologizing and I'm like so embarrassed. And I'm like, why did this have to happen on one of my biggest clients? Like why? And then again, then this client of mine ended up booking me, you know, it took her a little while, but six months later, you know, um, and it was one of those things that I just learned from it. And obviously, if there's something I don't feel comfortable with or something that doesn't look right, you know, it's not always just about making the client happy. It's also you kind of teaching them because you're the expert and you're supposed to know that stuff. And so a lot of times if I see something like on the skin now that doesn't look right or something that just doesn't make me feel right, I'll be honest and I just won't do the spray tan. So there's my uh, moment for you. Wow. That's a pretty powerful yeah. one, though. I mean, I can't imagine because uh, you want to change it all, but it's yeah. too late. There's, there's nothing you can do. Exactly. Nothing you can do. Nothing at all. Once the spray tan's on, there's a few things we can do to fix it, but that's pretty much it. So that was my uh, week. And a few months after that, that, that definitely didn't leave for a while. But she ended up staying your client or he. Mm-hmm. I mean, it goes to show it's, it's not the end of the world when something, I mean, I'm sure at the time that felt like the end of the world, it felt like the end right. of the career. For sure. It did. And, you know, I think again, that goes to show again, we deserve second chances and we make mistakes and I didn't know. And it obviously was not done intentional and they had known my work and how good I was. And it was just something that had happened. So, you know, now I'm, I'm still super grateful to still have that relationship and continuing to work with that person. So, and again, that just goes to show when they really like you, you know, and one of my clients said this to me once, they go, we can train the right person. If they like you, they can train you, right? Because they have all the pros and tips and etc. But you can't change a personality. You can't change your person, but you can 
help them grow. It just, that stuck with me for a really, really long time that, you know, it's not just about the product. Again, it's so important, but if it's the right person, if the shoe fits, they'll make it work. And they, you know, in LA, there's pounds of talent. You walk outside, you can find the most amazing makeup artist or hairstylist or whatever it is. But it's truly, I think, the personality and the person that really has to, the shoe has to fit all around. Yeah. So what would you tell to other people who are dreading some some mistake they made or, you know, staying up late at night because, you know, they feel like they fucked up in a few areas and they've done it wrong, like can't forgive themselves? What kind of advice would you give? So I think that it's okay to take that moment to feel those emotions, you know, it would be not right for me to say, no, get up and forget about it or whatever. I think it's okay to like have that moment to yourself, like, damn, you know, I messed up or damn, you know, that wasn't wow. Or I really screwed up. But I think that there's a time frame. I think that, you know, take a little time to kind of get back to yourself and, you know, time heals everything. And so maybe in that day or the first two days, you might not feel right, but as time goes on, the feeling's going to get better. And I feel like try to find something from that experience and look at the positive, like everything happens for a reason. So why does, why did that happen to me? What can I learn from that? And so for me, it was always, you know, to do my research before, if I don't know something, don't just do it because a client wants it. Do my research. That was something that I learned and be honest with the client. Like, of course it didn't look right. And I probably should have told myself or told the client, you know what, this is just not something I feel comfortable with, but I was embarrassed to be honest. So I feel like that worded of advice for them is it's okay to take that moment again to kind of process what happens. But once you're starting, the day goes on the next day, you're starting to feel a little better and that, that feeling starting to go away. Find the silver lining in that and just try to use that as a motivation to not make the same mistake again or to try to make something a thousand times better. So that's just my thought for that. Yeah, I love that answer because it just focuses on learning, right? I even pay my employees four hours a week just to learn. They can take company budget, they can buy a course, whatever they want to learn. They just have to share three three bullet points with the rest of the company so the rest of us can learn along with them. Honestly, gotten such good engagement from our team, which is fascinating to me because I didn't think people would go above and beyond to that level. Um, That kind of dovetails me into the last thing I want to talk about here, which is you're expanding your little empire, as you called it, or your baby empire, probably not a baby Mm -hmm. anymore. It's kind of grown up. (laughs) You know, I know that you're going to be you're doing digital coaching, you're teaching people across the world, your methods and your techniques. And that seems like a great way to get a network effect out of what would normally just be a kind of a one-to-one service. And I, I, love, I love that because it's scalable and you know it's not bound by borders. So can you talk to me a little bit about your strategy there, how you're taking a, an in-person service and turning it into a, a, a worldwide training that can you know, become a huge business? Yeah. So, um, obviously prior to this pandemic, I used to travel across the world and in the U S and, you know, one week I was here, another week I was there and, uh, it was great. I mean, I'm so grateful for the experience that came from that, but 
at the same time, I was getting super tired from all the traveling and being away from my family, if my family wasn't able to come. And so during this pandemic, I mean, I had about 30 different girls that I was supposed to be training in person across the U.S. And I had to figure something out. I was like, these poor girls, they want to learn. This is probably a great time to really, you know, if you want to pick up a, you know, a new skill, everyone's at home, this would be a great time. So I was like, what can I do to still try to be there, but not be there? And obviously I was familiar with GoToMeeting, but I think now we're all in the Zoom world now. And so I, you know, didn't realize how cheap it was to have a Zoom account and went in and registered and told everyone that I'll ship them their, you know, spray tan machine, their tent, their leader of solution, sent them an itinerary, have a model at this time. So now I'm virtually, I have my assistant here and I walk them through the step-by-step technique and we do instruction. They see visuals, they're able to see me spray someone then they have their model ready and then I watch them and I critique and we keep doing that for about two to three hours until I see um, them where I want them to be. And that's pretty much the way our class has been going. And, it, and I have to say, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I'm becoming this amazing virtual teacher or if it's just because people are just maybe more focused because they're in front of their computers. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like people were actually learning better via Zoom than they actually had done in my in-person classes. So it's pretty incredible, you know, being able to train people. I just had another girl just register today in Taiwan. You know, it's just, it's phenomenal to me and just so amazing to be able to utilize Zoom and train people from across the world and, you know, and help other women that this might just be some extra grocery money for them. You know, it's a quick service. They can knock it out pretty quick after they put their kids to bed. And so me being able to help other women, you know, either make some extra cash on the side or for it to be a full-blown business like mine is, for me has been so life-changing. And now being able to utilize Zoom has just been almost a dream because I can stay at home and not be everywhere at the same time and have a lot more time back to myself as well. That's an interesting thing. I mean, as much as I don't like the government's decisions to keep things locked down this long, I think it really has had some interesting positive outcomes for a lot of businesses because it forced us to adapt. And now a a lot of businesses are more efficient because of it. You know, it was an unwelcome migration, but ultimately positive for somebody like you because it's very hard to start an online course and just get people to commit to it who haven't had the in-person experience with you. Because people right. buy the coach. They don't buy the coaching, they buy the coach. So you actually got a, a quick start on that by having clients who were in person and you just shifted them to online and they accepted that change right. easily because you know they had no choice. But now right. the outcome is positive and your program is much more scalable. You can you know probably run ads for it and just you know blow the doors off of it, have you know training sessions with hundred people at once, you know, down right. the road. So that really is cool. And um, you know, I guess for, for young ladies or whoever wants to join the academy or the, the program, how can they sign up? Yeah, so they can just email us info at dolceglow.com. And, you know, whether it's a virtual class or, you know, in LA, we are doing private one-on-one classes at this time. 
So however, you know, whatever they feel is easier for them um, via email is probably the best way to get in contact with us. Love it. Yeah. I mean, I think anyone who wants to uh, start a, a side hustle and doesn't want to do something like OnlyFans, uh, you know, this this kind of business is, is very, I mean, like you said, you can, you can learn it remote, you can take it on as a side gig, or I'm sure very good money with it. And it's just, uh, it's just a great business. So I encourage everyone listening to, to at least look into this. Um, all right. Well, uh, look, this has been an awesome experience. I know your time is valuable and I much appreciate it. Um, I wanted to just offer up this last few minutes for you to, to show us how we can support you better. What's, should we go follow? You know, what are your handles? What's the, what's the thing that the community can do to, to help for your mission? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously social media is such a great, you know, platform. And I feel like that's our new website. And so being able to, if you guys can follow me, Isabel, I-S-A-B-E-L-A-L-Y-S-A, which is Isabel Lisa. That is my Instagram. And my business is Dolce, D-O-L-C-E underscore glow, G-L-O-W. Those are both our social media platforms. And so we'd love for um, your support, a follow, a message, comments, whatever it is. Um, we really appreciate it. But thank you guys so much for listening. And hopefully, you know, there's something that from this little interview that might have inspired you or um, whatever it is. I hope that you do. I guess you have found some value in the interview. Absolutely. I think that goes without saying. I really appreciate your vulnerability and you know, this has inspired me in, in my own way too. That's part of why I love conducting these interviews and just, you know, being able to, to shut the, the world out for 30, 45 minutes, an hour and, and really have a meaningful conversation with somebody. So I really appreciate you, Isabel, and all of the positive energy you bring. Have a wonderful evening and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks so much.